right, guys, what is going on? I hope everybody is having an absolutely amazing beginning to their December and is excited to end the year on a strong note. And, you know, we've been talking about how to build and create momentum through the end of this year. And in one of Tim Ferriss's books, I'm not sure if it was Tools of Titans or the other one, uh, but what he discusses in the conversation, the the person who he's interviewing talks about the value not of New Year's resolutions, but of frequently looking into previous year reviews. And I think this is a really, really interesting concept. I think he actually tweeted something about it again today. And the concept is this. Taking time to be reflective and self-aware when you otherwise might be more focused on the future is of greater value, right? We're going to learn more if we actually sit back with an objective mindset and try to think about the ways in which we failed last year and what we learned from those failures, actually putting that down on paper. These were the things that were total train wrecks that I tried and didn't succeed at and or that I didn't do at all, right? I said this year was going to be the year that I learned how to play guitar and I never took any steps on that. Like I bought the guitar, but I never found a coach. I never, uh, you know, looked into anything. I, I watched a couple YouTube tutorials, but I never actually took any real action. Uh, and taking a step back and then looking at those failures, looking at what we learned from them, what was missing and maybe why we failed, and then writing down some notes and things you learned, then taking some time to look at your great successes, the things that you're so grateful for in gaining this year, the new friendships, the new experiences that you've had this year, the new people you've met, the new jobs, the new promotions, the you know elevated professional and personal development that you've partaken in, and what has come from those amazing new additions in your life. And that's a great time for a little bit of gratitude as well. And that just is going to take a little bit of time out of your day to then, I think that that frames, maybe not New Year's resolutions, but it frames the successes and failures from the year previous. And that allows you to then kind of course correct and think about some tangible, you know, goals or values or things that you maybe need to do more of. And then maybe things where you're, you know, just like you're searching for something or, you know, there's a failure point there. And, you know, I think this, this idea is, is really strong rooted in, in its value. And so this year, my previous year review, I kind of do it in two different ways. I'm going to look back and I'm going to do a personal and I'm going to do a professional. And so my personal one is going to be very clearly defined to my own personal development, my character, my values, my relationships, uh, you know, personal things like uh, like our house, you know, where were the failures? Where where were things like that? My finances, where did we spend too much money? Where would I have preferred to spend more money, right? And what are things that I, I wish that I could have done? Like, what are the gifts I wish I could have bought? Um, you know, who are who is the charities that I wish I could have given more money to? And instead, what did I spend that money on? And then same thing uh, from the professional end is where am I so proud of myself and my team this year? What new things did we create that were very successful? And what things did we try that 
weren't successful, that, you know, we really believed in them, but we didn't put enough maybe value behind it or we didn't put enough time or bodies or effort or money or whatever. And is that something we want to try again in the future? Or was that just something that was maybe half baked and we thought like, ah, you know, maybe we should try this, but there wasn't a lot of believability behind it and we can scrap it moving forward and realize, put it on my my growing list of things to never try again. And that's this previous year review and that's how we grow and get better. And that's why businesses and people who spend time looking back on the things that they did accomplish and why they were successful and the things that they did not accomplish and why they were not successful, that's why they grow. That's why they improve. That's why they get better year over year over year because they're not going to make those mistakes again. This is what wisdom is, right? Wisdom is the knowledge, is the wherewithal to realize I don't need to bother with that because I've been there, done it, tried it, and I didn't care for it. It was unsuccessful. I failed at it and I realized it's not for me. And now I can wipe this huge thing off of my plate for the rest of my time on earth and never worry about it again, right? And a great example of this, I think, for a lot of people is, you know, when they're when you're young, you do a lot of like really stupid stuff and stuff that's dangerous. Right. Maybe to impress a friend, maybe you fight. Right. If you're like a guy and you go to bars or you know, you're in high school and like the rival high school is coming there. They're one of the guys dating your girl and he's talking crap behind your back. And you're just like, oh, we're, we're going to fight. Like, let's fight. And you go in and you're just like now as like a you know 35 year old, I'm just like, why would I why would I ever get in a fight? Like I've been in fights in the past and like literally there's zero value. There's no point to it and nothing comes of it at all outside of like broken hands and hurt people and and there's nothing's resolved, right? And so you have that wisdom to now look at that and be like, wow, I did this that year and my hands ended up in a cast. And so, you know, I don't need to, I don't need to ever do that again, right? And I think when we're younger, it's easy to see that stuff. But when we're older, sometimes it's maybe more challenging to be really introspective with that. But it's a practice. It's something that we need to be doing frequently. And I've been lucky this year to have a couple systems put in place for myself and my family financially that help us be introspective every single month. So it's really easy for us to say on a month to month timeline, like, you know, hey, we, you know, we put this amount of money towards this thing that we really believe in. And we put this amount of money towards just crap that we didn't believe in. And, you know, Marie and I can discuss our values around what we actually want to be spending money on and what we don't want to be spending money on. And then same thing, we can talk about our time and our calendars and say, this is something that we put a lot of value in this month, right? Date nights or, you know, going out and spending time with friends and family. And when we look back over our calendars, like every Friday, Saturday and Sunday was spent either together or with people who we love and enjoy and are thankful to be able to spend time with. And because of that, our lives are fuller this month than they were years ago when we, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday was like spent going to bed early and meal prepping. And we didn't have, we weren't surrounded by a lot of love and joy and social time. And that was something I think that both of us were maybe missing. 
And so this is all stuff that's just come in my personal previous years of review. And it's the same thing. I think when we start to look at my personal development as well is, you know, what are the, how much time have I spent dedicated to podcasts and reading books? And then how much time have I actually spent taking action on those things that I've done? And this year I've put systems in place and I've done such a better job of listening to a podcast or reading a book and immediately taking notes and immediately going and taking action right afterwards, whether that's a personal thing or a professional thing or uh, taking something that's like values driven and writing down where my kind of thought process and mindset is around that specific value learning and growing. And this year I've placed just a lot of emphasis on just the value of not just the intake. And we've talked about this in the past, right? Is intake is important, right? But it's only as important as you are going to take action. So think about it like you're you're filling up a cup, right? And it can only get so full before you kind of need to pour it out. Let's say uh, you need to water your plants, right? And to keep your plants alive, you need to fill the cup of water up, right? But you also need to pour the cup of water back out onto the plants, right? You actually need to go and utilize that water that you've put into the cup for something of value, right? Otherwise, the cup's just going to fill up and overflow and pour out into nothingness and have no value. It's just going to fall into the ground, Right. So we need to be thinking not just about the input. And that's sort of the analogy that I've started to put in my head is, you know, if I'm not taking an equal or greater action from the things that I am intaking, right, the the books that I'm reading, the podcasts that I'm listening to, uh, the conversations that I'm having, the mentors that I have. If I'm not taking action on those things, then at a certain point, all of that knowledge becomes worthless, And it's an interesting way to think about things. And I hope that you guys understand the value of that because I will, I mean, I'll be really honest for the first few years, I really was just intake driven. I was not necessarily giving any output. I wasn't helping guide other people with my input. And when it's a selfish act and you're not helping anybody else get better with your input and you're not bringing anything else of value to, you know, the community or the your family or the people you love in your life or your business. If you're not doing those things, then you will quickly, quickly lose the value of the intake, lose the value of personal development. You won't see the value in it. Because you're just living for yourself. And when we just live for ourselves and our own intake, you start to sort of realize like what's what's the value of having really good values and high integrity if you never help anybody with anything? Right? It's like, well, there's there's value in having good character, but if you have no interactions, if you if you don't use your own development to elevate other people, if that's not who you are. Then at a certain point, all of that intake, all of that character development, all of that personal development will sort of be for nothing. And for people, I think a lot of times when this starts to come to a head is is when they start to think about having kids. Right. And when we think about having kids like, okay, now now I have a real tangible reason to have a really strong value system 
and to really think about who I want to be and what I want my family to be about and how I'm going to influence them and how I'm going to build a really just great young woman or man. And and that's going to be my reasoning for my own personal development. For teachers, I think it's really easy too. And this is why teachers sometimes are the absolute best. And in our community, I think we have some absolutely incredible teachers who do such amazing things in our community. And the reason is because they can intake personal development and immediately the next day, the same day, put those values and put that into a system to output and put it onto these kids, these teenagers, these young men and women who are trying to learn and grow their own systems out, right? Their own values, who they are as a person, their own character. And so a teacher who is constantly filling themselves up with input and developing themselves as a person and growing and challenging themselves and putting themselves in uncomfortable situations, just like those kids are in every day, and they're still working and figuring out how to navigate it, they're going to be growing a toolkit that they can then go and give to these young men and women. But I think we have a lot of people who are maybe, you know, empty nesters or you guys are like us, like you don't have you don't have kids yet or you don't maybe maybe you don't even want kids then what are your values? What is your development going to go towards? How are you going to impact your community? And I'm super lucky to, you know, have started friendship and to have people surrounding me who, you know, help make friendship a success. And, you know, I've worked my butt off, but I'm going to be real honest with you. Those first few years, it absolutely could have failed because I was not a person of high character. I was not a person of high values. I was not the uh, great leader yet. I, you know, I hadn't really worked on it. I didn't know what I was doing. I was kind of just working really, really hard and trying to figure out every solution as best I could. And if I could go back now, you know, obviously I was 25 when I started the business. Um, and you know, you shouldn't be expected to know everything at 25. And I'm so thankful for the growth that this business has kind of caused out of me and out of my family and out of my, out of the lives that I've impacted. But what we need to be thinking about then is if we don't have that, right. If we don't have kids, and we work at you know a job where we don't necessarily know what the value we're bringing. We're not a teacher, right? We don't know the value that we're bringing directly into the community, and maybe we don't have that belief in our in our work, in our chosen profession and career. If that's where we are, we have to start thinking about how can I have a bigger impact outside of just my own twenty square feet outside of just myself? How can I impact people in my life in a positive way, utilizing the values and the integrity and everything that I have built and created? How can I start to bring that value? And for a lot of you, I think the best answer to that is probably going to be, well, when you're young, let's say you're less than 30 and you don't have kids because you're just really young and you know, you're still kind of figuring out and navigating that. If you're there Right. I think your goal is just to think about you're trying to gain your own value system so that when you become a parent, when you become a team leader, when you become somebody who is in charge of other people, you can then bring that value to them. Right. And so realize that there is just value in 
developing who you are and who you're going to be in the future. And this is the big thing. We've talked about this before when it pertains to like nutrition, talking about the person who you want to be. But look at it a different way too. look at it as if I want to be that type of person, what are the values and what are what is the discipline required to be that person? And if you think about that, we talk about Bill Gates in the past. We talk about CEOs. We talk about, you know, presidents or whoever else. Right. You think about these people who have these really big jobs who are in charge of a lot of people. And it's like, man, you know, it's the amount of discipline and calm headedness and wisdom that is necessary to execute that job well. When you've got, you know, shareholders and the news and and the entire American population and all these people relying on you and your words and your systems and your values, that is a heavy weight to carry. You know, as heavy as the head that wears the crown. It's one of my favorite statements. And we have to be thinking about if I want to aspire to those things, if I want to be the best possible teacher, coach, educator, parent that I can be, what does that person look like? What is the best parent? What is, if you're a dad, what is the best father in the world? What does that look like to you? What do they do? What are their actions like? What are their words like? How do they support their kids? How do they develop and communicate with their kids? How do they develop and communicate their kids behind their kids back? How do they talk about them? How do they talk about being a parent? Are they thankful for it? Are they grateful for it? Are they positive every day? Are they pushing them appropriately, right? Like all these things, like think about what that perfect parent looks like. And I don't like the word perfect, but let's just say, let's think about somebody who is doing a great job as a parent. Where somebody who's doing a great job as a teacher, Right. And I have the luxury right now to be able to watch Chris coach, uh, Chris Sansbury. And, you know, he coaches the basketball team. I want he coaches football, too. And I have the luxury to watch him coach and lead this team of 11 eighth graders. And it's a pleasure to watch. It really is the values that he's instilling, the way that he communicates with kids, the way that he brings them up and is hard on them, but in the right way challenges them to be better, communicates the fundamentals the right way. And it's process driven. It's really incredible to watch. And I sit there and I watch it and I'm like, man, like that's, those are values that I could take to my team at Friendship. That communication process is something that I need to do a better job with, with our, with our team, with our coaches and with the kids. And I think it's something that's so interesting when you start to see it and you start to see that like, okay, wow, that person is really doing just a fantastic job at this. I aspire to that. And this is what today's discussion, it took me a while to get here, but this is what today's discussion is about is the abundance mindset. And the abundance mindset basically means that there are things, and we've talked about this with the zero-sum, positive-sum, and negative-sum games, or zero-sum games, and, and that discussion a few months back. But the abundance mindset with this, guys, in it, when we start talking about your previous year review, when we start talking about your values, your discipline, your systems, who you are, your character, this is a true positive-sum game. 
you having great character and high quality integrity and being a leader and being somebody who is, you know, really working on their own discipline, their own communication and bringing people up and bringing other people with you on that journey. If that's who you are, then there is an unlimited amount of space in the world for those type of people. You should never bring somebody down for doing those things. And I don't think the people listening to this podcast would ever do that. But there are times and there are places and there are things and there are words that we use where we try to bring people down when if we really break it down, like they're doing the thing we want them to do. They're doing their best to have the highest level of integrity and when we really think about having high integrity and having great character, what we need to think about is how we discuss what we're talking about today with other people, right? And if we can start to impact those five people, those 10 people, if you're a believer in 10, 80, 10, right? 10% of our population is high performers and their responsibility as a high performer is to bring as many 80% people. And 80% is the big chunk of the American population, the big chunk of our community, 80% of any population, any team, any community, 80% is only going to be as good as that top 10% brings them up, right? As the leaders lead, as the systems dictate, as the culture dictates. Ohio State is not great because they have great recruiting, right? They're great because they have a great culture. That culture of 108010 is a systematic approach for them to realize that this guy is a high performer. He's an action taker. He's got values and character, and he is going to be a guy who brings those 80% guys up to that top 10%. So he's going to be the guy that I put out on recruiting day. He's going to be the guy who I put with the freshman. He's going to be the guy who I put with that person who's maybe in a gray area, who maybe doesn't have everything together yet, who needs to learn and grow, but has a lot of potential. That's why Ohio State is, is successful. That's why friendship is successful is because when people come into our community, there is a chunk of 10% high performers who are ready, willing, and able to look at you and show you the way. Show you these are the habits that are going to make you successful. I am a person who has tried all these different things. I've been here for eight years. You just got to learn to eat healthy, listen to the coaching staff, continue to show up, move well, Learn the fundamentals and just keep doing that and everything that you want will come to you, right? And they'll and, and when you come in, you know, I'll smile and I'll partner with you and I will bring you up just for showing up, right? Because I can see that you're a person who wants to be better and I used to be you and I wanted to be better too and there was somebody there for me and that's why I'm still here five or six years later. That's why I'm still being successful here. And if that culture, if, if we understand that every single person who comes in, the more we top 10% take that 80% and bring them up, build up their character, build up their integrity, bring up their values, 
help them grow, help them succeed, the more top 10 percenters we have. And the more top 10 percenters we have, the better our 80% will be, the better our culture will be. And this is true for any of your teams, your students, your families, right? If that's where you are, there is an unlimited amount of 80% people that are welcome into that top 10%. You just have to show them the way. And the abundance mindset believes at its core that everything becomes better if we engage and involve more people. That there is an unlimited amount of people who can be successful. There's an unlimited amount of people who can be, you know, multimillionaires and start thriving businesses and help our community. And those things are not bad for society. The more thriving fitness businesses that there are in Columbus, the better our health will be. The less we'll have 60% of our kids that are diabetic or pre-diabetic. The less that we're going to have all these chronic diseases and healthcare problems and, and all these things that are plaguing us. So I don't, I don't get worried about other fitness places starting. I don't worry about other CrossFit gyms. I don't worry about competition. I don't worry about Orange Theory. I don't worry about any of these other businesses because I believe that the more fitness businesses there are, the better off our community will be. And if everybody was engaged in a fitness community that brought them up and believed in them and had character and had values, our community would be a better place. And we would all be better for it. Our jobs would be better. Our economy would be better. Our government would have less stress on it. All these things would be better because of it. So we just need to keep leading and showing people the way. And my hope is that I will develop a team and motivate a team and take 80 percenters of our team and bring them up to that top 10 percent. And they might want to own and operate one of our friendship locations in the future. And they might be somebody who can come in and start that extra gym and impact another 300 or 500 people, another 100 kids. And if we continue to do this and believe in this and believe that there is just there's enough to go around. There's enough love. There's enough value. There's enough of each other to build each other up. We all have it within us to do it. If we believe in that, then everybody can elevate. But our default is to default to negativity and blaming, complaining, and defending and shutting people down. And so the hard work for us and what I leave you guys with today And this might be my last uh, podcast outside of this Saturday. I'm doing a state of friendship. It's 5.0, not 4.0, but I'm doing that live on YouTube and I'll I'll get that uploaded to podcast form for you guys as well. Uh, But what I'll leave you guys with as we wrap up uh, 2019 is your ability as a human being, your ability as a leader, as somebody who is listening to this podcast and obviously working on themselves Your ability to impact the lives of the people who are not as successful as you. Your ability to look at somebody who's struggling and not look down on them and not talk shit about them or say, hey, that person's lost it. They're a basket case. They're a hot mess. You know, that person's got problems. Not say those things. 
to have higher character, to have higher integrity than that. And to think instead and switch your mindset of what type of person do I want to be and what type of person would a top 10 percent or how would they help that person? How would they impact that person in a positive way? How would they take that 80 percenter? Maybe even, you know, the bottom 10 percent is a different discussion, but let's just say the 80 percent. How would they take that 80 percenter who's got potential, who if they can stay on top of their game? If I can teach them these one or two things, if I can, you know, get them to read this book and I can just get them to start, if I can just start this communication process with them, ask a couple questions, get them to see what they're capable of. If I can just do that, then have the belief in your heart that that will make everything better. If you just have that one focus. If you just have the focus to help that person improve and get better, you just have the focus to help that person move to that next tier, make one step closer to develop their character. In that abundance mindset, when that top 10% becomes more full in your life, when you're surrounded by more top 10% people who are actively working on their belief system, who are actively working on their values and their priorities, when you're surrounded by people like that, that's when you will start to see your life become everything that you wish and dream it could be. And I don't believe that your life and your happiness and your family and your career can be truly fulfilling until you are surrounded by mostly motivated top 10% people. And I'm going to tell you this in all honesty, it's not going to happen without you. And you're not a top 10 percenter unless you're bringing that 80 percent with you. So that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. It puts a lot of pressure on you. It puts the ball in your court. It's not that 80 percent person's problem. It's not that student in your class who's got all this potential, but he's just not living up to it. And that's his problem. You need to switch your mindset and realize that that is your problem. It is your responsibility to pick that kid up and teach him and work your butt off to show him the way or her the way. Just the same as if you manage and run a team and you have somebody who is underperforming, it is your responsibility to increase your communication, to show them the values that your culture is supposed to be about to tell them why it matters, to make that judgment call and to bring them up. And at some point, if you're the one who hired them, you believed in them, right? And you have to take that responsibility onto yourself and try your hardest to bring them up to that top 10%. And they might not come and it might take years. And you might realize after years and hard work that they're actually a bottom 10% person and you need to move on. And that's fine. You're not going to win every battle. But the effort, the self-responsibility, taking control, right? That's what we got to think about is what are the things that we can control? And then having a diehard belief that the more people that surround you every day, the more interactions you have with people that are top 10 percenters, 
with people, and by top 10%, guys, I mean people of substance and character and values that are working on their mindset, that are working on their personal and professional development, that are working on their physical and mental health, that believe, that are optimistic, that believe in the future, that believe in people, that don't worry themselves with things that they can't control and things that don't matter, that elevate other people, energy givers, people who other people want to be around. That is what a top 10 percenter is, right? The more top 10 percenters that you create, that'll define your legacy, right? If your son or daughter is a top 10% person, that reflects amazing on you as a parent. But that's not just going to happen. That's not an accident. I'm working with these eighth grade kids now, and I haven't met many of the parents, and I definitely haven't had in-depth discussions, but I can tell you right now, just from knowing the kids, whose parents are top 10 percenters, whose parents are 80 percenters, and whose parents are bottom 10 percenters. I can tell you that just by knowing the kids, right? And it's not the kid's fault. It's not there. It's not. They they don't know, right? It is our responsibility. And now it's my responsibility to start to show them that this is what top 10 percenters do. Come with us. Start doing this. Listen, believe, care, place value in these things and you will be rewarded. And then that will make our community better. That'll make your life better because the people who surround you will be elevated by you. That'll make our communities better, whether it's friendship, your workplace, your family, your other places, your church, your community, whatever it is. It'll make all of it better because you have that abundance mindset focus. And as I look into next year, it is a singular focus for me. How many lives can I positively impact? How many 80 percenters can I bring up to that top 10%? How much effort can I put in to help our community at scale see a larger jump of people who are on that cusp, who all they need is to listen to the right podcast, to start, to feel some motivation, to have somebody else who believes in them. There's so many people that just need somebody to look at them and say, I believe that you can do this. I believe in you. Just show up. Just come in the door. Right? And for so many people on like a quitting smoking journey or a weight loss journey, or I'm on these chronic diseases, they've just gone 10 years with nobody believing in them. No trainer, no gym, no family friend, loved one, nobody to look at them and just say, I believe that you can do this, but you just have to trust in me. But you just have to listen to what I say. But you just have to respond to my emails. But you just have to show up in the facility. You just need to tweak your life this little bit and keep showing up and keep spending time around me and keep spending time around, you know, Andy or Maria or Eric or Liz or, you know, Brian and Amanda and Jay and all these people. Like, just keep being around those people. 
Keep being around people who are constantly working on growing and developing and spend more of your time, effort and energy to be in places where that is happening and get away from the people who are going nowhere. Get away from the people who are still smoking. Get away from the people who want you to eat unhealthy every day. Right. So this is where we're focused on. This is my focus for 2020. A lot of the systems, a lot of stuff we're going to talk about on Saturday are about how we as our team, the friendship team, are going to be able to communicate better and continue to bring more people up and uh, continue to create a community of amazing, hardworking, ethical, high character, high integrity people. And, you know, it's not for us. It's health is the means with which we do that. Right. Fitness, exercise, nutrition is the means with which we create a powerful community of incredible people. We could have done it with anything. I truly believe that now. I would not have believed that in the past. But with this group, I think that we could go and kind of change up whatever we were doing. I believe that we could start a restaurant or a consulting group or a, a bunch of other things, right? Whatever it might be. I believe that we could start that with our team. And I believe that we could continue to grow and be successful and have a great impact just from that medium, just because of the people, right? Fitness is a great medium because you get people who are coming into a place and want to work on themselves. And that's why I think that this is the best medium for us to create this community. But the leaving point of this, guys, is think about what your assets are. Think about what your ability to impact other people are. Think about if right now, if you would put yourself as a top 10% person in a top 10% person, remember what I described earlier. But again, a big key component of that is you bring other people with you. And if you're not actively working on bringing other people with you, then you're not a top 10 percenter. And your goal then, if you're in that 80 percent, if that's not you, is to start finding more top 10 percenters to latch yourself onto, more mentors, more incredible people, more teachers, more coaches, more people who are actively doing those things, right? Latch yourself onto them. Be around them, listen to them, communicate with them, spend time with them, go out to dinner with them, be at restaurants with them, text with them, whatever it is, just just be more involved with them, right? And when I look back now, this is a huge reason that I felt the need to get out of the military is because I didn't feel like there were a lot of top 10 percenters there. And I certainly didn't have any overlooking me and helping bring me up to speed. And that was hard for me. And there were a lot of bottom 10 percenters in the military. It's very challenging. And I've thought multiple times about if I went back in now, what could I do? And I think that I would be you know, such a better leader now. And I would have bring so much more value to the military now, but I wasn't there. I wasn't ready. I don't know if I would have ever gotten there when I was 25 or 26 or 28 years old, if I stayed in. And so life circumstances sometimes don't prep you and you might not be prepared yet based on your experiences and based on your values. But that's where we have to keep inputting and finding and picking our spots to start outputting right? There's always somebody who you can help, right? Rye is 17 years old and that kid works on personal development is a kid of very high character and very high value. He's a very impressive young man. And I'll tell you what, there are a lot of people that he can help right now at 17 years old. A lot of people, 
right? And there are some things that he's got figured out 17 that I know 30, 40, 50 year olds that do, do not have that figured out. And so he can bring value to those people. He can bring value to a rich, successful Dublin dad who's 49, right? Whatever. He can bring value to that person because guess what? He's got his eating figured out. He's got his exercise figured out. He is disciplined. He makes exercise in his own self-care a priority. He reads. He listens to podcasts. He works on his own growth and development. He understands the value of working on his mindset every day. He's got those things figured out. And even though this rich, successful fake dad is has a big house and has a great job and has all these things, they, if they don't have that stuff figured out, there's something that Rye can teach that guy. Rye can be the top 10% to his 80% and he can bring value to his life. He can say, yeah, I'll send you a podcast. Hey, read this book. It really helped me. I think it'll give you value. Let's work on your consistency. Why don't I text you, you know, on Sunday night and you can tell me when you're going to work out and then I can hold you accountable to it. Right. There's no limit to this. And there's unlimited amount of value. Our society elevates itself exponentially if we have an abundance mindset and we get more people in the top 10 percent. All right. Love you guys. Have a great week. I hope you guys tune in on Saturday. I'll see you soon.